Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. One of my favorite things about this podcast is getting to introduce diners to new restaurants and concepts. Now, don't get me wrong. I love getting to tell the stories behind well-known establishments like The Boiler Room or Virtuoso Pizzeria or places like that. But I also relish any opportunity to shine the spotlight on a newcomer and introduce Omahans to what might be their next best meal. That's why... I'm so excited today to talk to my guest, Nick Jobert. He's a cook at Block 16, but he's also started his own pop-up called The Fourth Station. And that's what we're going to focus on today. Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, probably the newest of newcomers. So no, I'm really, <laughs> really happy to be here. Super, super stoked for this opportunity to come here and just talk food, man. Yeah, it's awesome. That's what we're here to Thanks do, just talk me. food. Yeah, of course. Definitely. So I think a lot of people probably just heard the name the fourth station for the first time yeah <laughs> so i i would love to just roll out the red carpet for you and allow you to introduce yourself two things how would you describe your cooking style and how does the fourth station showcase that cooking style uh yeah well yeah uh fourth station is my little thing i just started up you know uh trying to get it out there the, the word out there a little more about it but you know i i had an opportunity to do a pop-up last year um, when I was running a kitchen at a different restaurant, uh, Nick Barthol at the Dandelion pop-up space ran by Nick Bartholomew. Nick asked me, you know, what's your, con- what is this concept? Have you, do you have a name for it? You know, cause at the time I was, uh, transitioning, I was leaving the restaurant I was working at and I still wanted to do the pop-up, but I wasn't going to do it under the banner of the restaurant I was working at at the time. And so I said, Nick, I still want to do the pop-up. Uh, you know, can I do it? And he was like, of course, you know, what, what's your name for this concept? What's, what, uh, what are you thinking? And, you know, I've always, I've always wanted to hit the late night community of Omaha. There's me being a night owl myself, a late night guy up till 2am, you know, doing whatever, playing video games, hanging with friends out, out drinking, whatever. There's just not enough places to eat past nine, 10 o'clock, you know, besides, uh, you know, the cheap Mexican spot or, uh, uh, you know, just, not a lot of places for good scratch made food. And I just kind of wanted to provide that for people since I couldn't, I was like, you know what, if it ain't around, I'll just do it myself. Uh, and that's what I told Nick. I was like, you know, my concept is, is a late night scratch made good vibe spot, you know, good food, uh, burgers, Hawaiian style barbecue plates. I like a lot of smoked meats, a lot of funky flavors, um, things that just work well together. I guess my style of cooking is, you know, 
kind of playful, but also just kind of simple and just making sure that every aspect of what I'm serving is five star, you know, uh, from how toasty the bun is or, you know, is my sauce the right consistency? Uh, you know, just all those little factors, you know, go into making a dish delicious. And uh, I just try to focus on that. I, I try not to be too crazy or outside of the box, although I do try a little bit. But, you know, I just try to make good food, man, that I would enjoy eating myself. So Nick has given me the opportunity to do that out of the force, out of the dandelion pop-up space. And uh, the force station is just kind of growing slowly and steadily. Uh I, I'm doing the best I can to try to grow it on the social media and the marketing game. It's it could be a challenge when you're the sole guy, also just buying, cooking, prepping, doing everything, keeping things clean. You know, it's it's a challenge, but it's been a it's been a great journey so far. And uh, yeah, I, I, I'm really stoked to serve that that community of downtown Omaha around their 13th and Howard Street. So it's been a really awesome opportunity so far. I love that you brought up social media there because first of all. The best way, I think, to keep up with the fourth station, everything you got going on, is to follow you on Instagram at the fourth with the numeral four station. Absolutely. So yep. anyone, I would highly encourage you if you're hungry, follow that account because you're going to see some pictures of some sloppy, delicious looking burgers, some <laughs> yeah. rib plates, all kinds of good stuff. But I also want to just make sure that anyone listening to this, as this conversation goes on, they're like, "Man, this place sounds." Awesome. I want to get involved with this. You mentioned Dandelion Pop-Up is kind of where you're at right now. Uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights have been your consistent schedule over the past couple months. Is that kind of how you see it going in the future? Or like if somebody's listening to this and is like, man, I want to check out Fourth Station, what's the best opportunity for them to do so other than just following you on Instagram? Yeah. Uh, thanks. No, I'm yeah, follow me on Instagram. I have a Facebook page made. Um, you know, working to grow those both of those pages. Uh, but like I said, it's a lot of a lot of work. It's why people hire social media managers these days. I mean, it's it's tough if you want to do it right. But you know, um, yeah, we've been doing it Thursday, Friday, and Saturdays from five to ten at the Dandelion Pop Up Space. Uh, uh, five, um, excuse me, on Thirteenth and Howard. But uh, you know, we did that. I told Nick at the beginning that I wanted to hit the late night community and and. He had a great idea of, well, let's kind of start a little earlier to begin and, you know, see how it goes and we'll make adjustments as time goes on. Um, we, we've we reached a point where now let's make the adjustment. And instead of doing Thursday, Fridays and Saturdays, we're now going to be serving Friday, just Fridays and Saturdays. Instead of 5 to 10 p.m., we're going 7 to midnight. Um, you know, about 10 o'clock is really when that area of 13th and Howard kind of, you know, Got the arcade lounge, eat the worm, all those great bars, uh, La Colono, right on that strip of Howard. Um, so, you know, we'll be out there Fridays and Saturdays, seven till uh, midnight. The rest of the summer, uh, un until it gets too cold for me to serve food out there. Um, with my menu, you know, will stay the same. I'll sometimes have a special or two on the menu. That's something else that we've kind of learned as time goes on. Uh, selling food out of that space is not easy. Um, and, you know, I, I sort of bit off a little more than I could chew, I think, in the beginning, trying to do too much. Um, but, you know, now we've made the adjustments. And so, yeah, I've, uh, we're going to we're going to change it up and see how it goes. And, yeah, thir uh, Fridays and Saturdays, 13th and Howard, 7 to midnight uh, every weekend. We'll be there. We'll be having good vibes, good music. I always got the N64 on in the background, a little uh, Super Smash Brothers or NFL Blitz. If anybody wants to smoke, come get it. 
uh, <laughs> yeah, no, man, we just, we're just, I just want to have fun, you know, and just have people, anybody that comes to eat my food, just also enjoy, have fun the way I'm having fun cooking it. So. All right. So let's get into the food here. Now you just mentioned that you've made some adjustments, so maybe this has changed and you can let me know if it has, but in previous conversations, you've told me that you kind of wanted to have four menu items each week. You're going to have two consistent ones and that mm-hmm. was going to be your big kahuna burger and Colby, which is Korean style short ribs. And then you'd have a couple specials that would rotate out every week, keep everything fresh. Uh Is that still the case or what is the current state of the menu and what made you choose like that style of menu construction going with a couple staples and then a couple things that are changing up? Well, uh, uh, great question. Yeah. Well, I definitely got to, obviously the little menu thing is definitely uh, inspired by what the amazing things that Paul and Jess do at Block 16. I've worked there for a number of years, and obviously they've inspired the crap out of me. Um, I mean, just, you know, they have the hitters on the menu that stay, and every day there's a new special. And, I mean, that is not an easy game. Paul is a real beast. Like, to to crank out those specials every day, and they're so legit all the time and so, like, creative. And it's just, that's something I wanted to do with the Four Station. I wanted to have those items that, people love and can come for and always like, Oh, I'm, I want the burger, but then they show up and Oh snap, there's a, there's a Kahlua pork slider or a, Oh man, I, I got this thing that I'm wanting to do soon. A garbage burrito, garbage plate burrito. Uh, you know, that'll hopefully be a special I'll run soon. But you know, I learned in the beginning of doing this pop-up game, especially out of the dandelion space that doing four items is it's four full menu items like that. It's, it's tough. It's tough. There's not a lot of refrigeration in that space for refrigeration that in that space. Um, you know, cooking with propane, heat levels are challenging. You know, the fryer is is a challenge. Uh, a propane fryer, if anybody cooked that used one before, it's not it's not the funnest thing to use, and they they can be a nightmare sometimes, especially when one catches on fire on you, uh, <laughs> which happened to me recently. Don't retell, but uh, no, you know, it's it's been a challenge. So. Now I've had to make the adjustment of, you know, hey, you bit off probably a little more than you chew here. Let's take a step back. Let's shrink the menu. Hit, get those, Leave those items on that people. Because, I mean, my burger and the Calbee plate are, are my most biggest sellers anyway. And mm-hmm. my midnight fries, which people is kind of a little sleeper item, a little cheese fries late at night, never hurt anybody. Um, but, you know, those are my three biggest sellers. The specials I've ran, people always seem to want the burger. And so I'm just like, hey, burgers are king. The Calbee plate is people love beef short ribs. So, you know, I'm just going to stick with those items, try to make them even better than they are. And, uh, you know, when I can run a special, I will. But it, that's one of the adjustments I've had to make is kind of, hey, you bit off a little more than you can chew here out of this space. So let's let's dial back and give people the, the good food that they want. Yeah. For anybody who hasn't been to Dandelion Pop-Up or specifically hasn't stepped inside of dandelion like the space itself it's basically like the snack shack that you would find <laughs> yeah. at a little league ballpark it, right. it's a very small space i mean probably should be selling candy bars and popcorn on it. yeah, yeah no. four, <laughs> four or five people can i wouldn't even say comfortably yeah. work no. in there like jam-packed work in there yeah. so th- i mean it, it's great i love dandelion don't get me wrong but there are constraints just with the amount of space in there Mm -hmm. how important you know you mentioned a couple times already the adjustments that you've had to make how important is that as a young business who's still kind of trying to find your footing trying to find what works trying to figure out what you are how important is it to be able to be malleable and mobile and be able to to make changes on the fly man it's like critically important i i you know take it from me a guy who's just trying to make it work it's like you know, I didn't start this venture with like 
tons of capital. I don't have, you know, I didn't get a big inheritance or nothing. Like I don't, I, I, you know, I, I'm living the lifestyle that most people and, in, 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 you know, most cooks, most guys, chef boys like me do. I'm kind of living paycheck to paycheck, you know, scraping things together here and there, making ends meet. And, you know, that has been the biggest thing for me with this, with this pop-up game is making the little adjustments that are going to make it more profitable for me and make it so that I'm not wasting as much food, make it so that, you know, I don't need help if I, you know, I, my, my thing with this thing too is I, my dream is to have a truck one day or to have something that I can operate more or less by myself, maybe with one or two other guys. Uh, shout out to my right-hand man, Chris. He's always there for me and he'd be the guy in the truck with me. But, you know, trying to do it by yourself, that it's been constant adjustments and constant, you know, I got to change the way I just store the food, put it in this container instead of that. I got to wrap this and not bag these things instead of putting them in deli so they'll fit and you know just little things like that it's been it's like all these little things that uh contribute to making it work for me out of that space and uh man it's been tough and it's been tough and making adjustments has been the name of the game in the pop-up and i would say that for any pop-up any chef that goes and does a pop-up anywhere i mean you show up to a kitchen you're not used to cooking in you don't know how how hot things get you know, it's really a big challenge and you have to be malleable and you have to be, you have to be able to make those changes on the fly. Um, you know, and I've been able to kind of get a, get my comfortable in that space, but I still had to make a change, one or two changes every, actually a lot more than one or two changes every week to make it work. So, and it's still, it's still, we're still trying to make it work. So, right. <laughs> yeah, it's been tough. Okay, take me into the Big Kahuna Burger. This is a burger with double smash patties, American cheese, tomatoes, shredded iceberg lettuce, and Big Kahuna sauce. <laughs> I mean, Omaha is a burger town. We've yep. got hundreds of burger restaurants. What is it about this burger that made you say, this is so good, I want this to be my signature item, and I believe that it can stand out even in this crowded burger metropolis. Yeah, um, well, yeah, you hit it on the hit the nail on the head there. Burgers are king in Omaha, and I I've said that a lot lately to people. I talk about the food I cook and everything. It's just anytime I go to a restaurant anywhere, I ask the the bartender, or the server, what's the what do you like to eat on the menu? Always the burger. It's all like burgers are king. If you do a burger well, it'll sell. I mean, who doesn't love a good burger? So for me, it's always been one of my favorite meals. It's the reason, kind of the reason why I work at Block 16. I went in there for the first time and had the burger and about fell over. Which said, burger? The Block Burger. The Block Burger. I yep. mean, just, that's my favorite. It's just Paul just and Jess, they just they did crush it. it. They just, a burger is just, sure, anybody, there's a million burgers around Omaha, but how many are done perfectly? Not of many, I honestly don't think. And Paul and Jess, like, just, you know, I learned from them that to make a good burger, it's every aspect needs to be perfect and you need to, to, to know how to build it perfect. And, you know, Noah and Katie were kind of talking about this on your last episode of just the little things, uh, you know, the, all those little accoutrements that make a good burger. So, you know, me being, uh, you know, a, a, a burger guy, I just I wanted to have a burger on my menu that was just going to be solid, that will, people will like every time that'll be consistent um, I lived in Hawaii for uh, a year, a little over a year, and uh, the burgers in Hawaii were just awesome. Like they were really good, and it seemed like every place that served a burger in Hawaii had a, th- a variation of Thousand Island sauce on their burger, and you know Big Mac sauce if you want to call it whatever. 
But it was like every spot you went had that. That was kind of a staple thing in Hawaii. And I loved them. There was one place called Teddy, Teddy's Bigger Burgers that I just was right next to my place in Hawaii. And I loved eating there all the time. The burgers were so awesome. And so, honestly, my, my Big Kahuna Burger is kind of an homage to Teddy's Bigger Burger sauce. Like the sauce, is especially. There was the Teddy's Bigger Burger sauce had a tang and, and, and got sweetness to it and kind of a, a zestiness and sesame little taste to it. It was, it was unique. And I was just like, man, this is a good burger sauce. And all the burger sauces I've had since then have been yeah, okay, but I've, I've tried to recreate that taste in my burger sauce. And I think I got it down. It's, I'm still kind of changing and adjusting things. Every time I make it, I'm like, hmm, maybe a little more of this, maybe a little more of that. Um, but no, you know, just having the toasty bun and having the perfect lettuce, the perfectly thinly sliced tomato, not too thick, the perfect amount of sauce that, you know, just every little thing goes into that burger. And when it's done right, I mean, it's just unbeatable, a good burger. Waffle fries on the side, can't beat it. A little Coke. <laughs> Man, you got me salivating, I, like craving yeah, yeah. a burger at 9.15 in the let's morning. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this sounds awesome. So, oh, yeah, man. Um, Thanks. I have been converted. I used to be like a thick patty burger type of guy. Right. But over the last like year, I've, smash patties are just the way to go. You just get that extra crust, the extra caramelization. I love it so much. What was your thinking? You employ the smash patties on the mm-hmm. Big Kahuna Burger. What went into that decision as you were deciding between, do I go with one thicker patty? Do I go with the smash patties? Well, yeah, you know, a lot of thinking, actually. You know, a lot of places serve burgers with those big patties on a big bun with lots of vegetables in them. And you take two or three bites, and your bottom bun is super soggy. The vegetables are sliding all out. The sauce is all over your fingers and all over the side of the bun. It's just not a clean eating burger experience sometimes with those big patties. And... So, I mean, the smash patty, in my mind, it just, I, I, I tried to akin mine to sort of like a, a In-N-Out style. You know, In-N-Out's so clean. Like, you just look at their burger, and it looks like the picture when you go to In-N-Out and you get an In-N-Out burger. Um, you know, so that's, that was kind of what I was chasing. Just like, yo, I want the burger to look like the picture. And, you know, a lot of times these big burgers, they don't look like the picture, and they certainly don't taste like the picture would look, you know. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, Smash patties, getting that crust on the burger, um, you know, that you sometimes can't get with a big patty, you know, and just one thing that I really try to hit on with, with the smash patties and with my burger is the real, a real good meat to bun ratio. That's something that uh, I learned from Paul and Jess that is huge with burgers. People, you know, you got to think about is the bun and the burger, are they matching? And if they're not adjust one of them, uh, because it just, when you, when you hold a burger and everything stays in and it's toasted and the burgers cook perfectly, the cheese is melted. I mean, it's just, it's a beautiful thing, a burger, a well-crafted burger. Sounds easy, but it sometimes can, cannot be as easy. You know, that's why everybody's got one on the menu, but not all of them are super, super, super great. Um, but, you know, so I'm just trying to, I just wanted a burger that stands out. You know, the way, the way Paul and Jess's burger stands out, the way uh, Fizzy's burger stands out. You know, just one that, man, people are like, he, he can make a good burger. You know, that's, that's, that was my goal. And I hope I, I hope I hit it sooner or later, you know, (laughs) every once in a while, I just have this major regret that podcasts are an audio medium because my guests will just like 
go, they're describing food and they just like go into this different place. And <laughs> the way that you were just like, I could see you like holding this imaginary burger in your hands and you were looking at it so joyously. Like, I wish people could see that and be like, if you don't think this guy has a passion for burgers and you don't think he makes a great burger, I want to show them video of that moment because there's no doubt after just watching you, like you love burgers. And, well, and that is, it, that was a lot of fun to watch. Burgers. Yeah, no, I feel like it's almost like a bit of a, 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 something I got a screw loose I got in my head because it's just like I, I, I feel like every meal I want has got to be so great. You know, I'm just like crazy, but I don't think so. No, food, I, food is life. I'm man. right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> Who wants to have a bad meal? I just, every I want meal, yeah. Every meal should be A plus. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's kind of how I live my life. And that's kind of why I'm in this game. I just want everything I eat to be just like amazing. <laughs> Speaking of amazing, let's get into that second signature item that you have. And that's Calbee. I think that's oh, yeah. something that just that term is something that most people might not be familiar with when they first hear it. But when you start breaking down the components of this plate, we talk about, you know, it's, it's a uh, beef short ribs. There's rice that comes with it. There's Mac salad. There's, um, pancit. Pancit. I pancit. knew I was going to mispronounce that. <laughs> so thank you cool. for saving me. It's cool. Break, break down yeah. that plate. And like, you, you know, you kind of talk about the burger. That's like a staple. Omaha loves burgers. What made the Calbee? The second, like, signature plate, I got to have this on the menu. Well, yeah, you know, my uh, what I'd love to serve out of my shack, out of, out of the fourth station, is just, like, uh, odes to Hawaii. I, I, when I lived there, I loved the food, man. Uh, and you just, Calbee is a thing you find everywhere in Hawaii. You'll be just driving up to the North Shore, driving to a beach, whatever, to a hike, and you'll just see, like, a plywood board on the side of a road, somebody spray-painted Calbee big black letters. And I'm just like, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, what? I, but I knew they were cooking something. I was like, what's going on here? Pulled over, got a big styrofoam container full of rice, mac salad, and these short ribs, man. They were just thin, grilled perfectly. And just the flavor on them, that, that soy sweet, you know, garlicky, delicious, like, man. And you eat them with your hands. You get, you get the beef juices dripping on the rice, man. It was just, it was a, it was a, it was an experience when I had them for the first time in Hawaii. And, you know, then you just see them all over in Hawaii. Literally just some aunt and uncle on the side of the road slanging Calbee. And I, every time I'd see a Calbee uh, stop, me and my buddies, we'd stop, get some ribs, eat them, go on our hike, go, go bodyboarding or whatever we were doing that day. Uh, yeah, it was just – and, you know, I came back to, uh, came back to Nebraska. Uh, I grew up here. I'm not from Hawaii or anything. People don't – you know, just, <laughs> I just lived there for a year. I loved it. But, you know – it's hard to find the Korean style short ribs done that way, done that Hawaiian style with, with the Hawaiian style plates. Now there is a place in Bellevue. Uh, oh no. I can't remember the second part of their name, but they're amazing people. They, they do some, uh, I'm not sure if they have Calbee on their menu, but they do barbecue plates, Hawaiian style barbecue plates. Um, and you know, I just wanted to provide another, uh, option for people who wanted to, Get some Hawaiian barbecue. Get that food. You know, they go on vacation and be like, man, does anybody serve that in, in uh, Omaha? Well, I, I will. <laughs> you know, at least the Calbee plate, man, because just who doesn't love beef, you know, here in Nebraska, too. So, I mean, it just works. And it's just my ode to that delicious food I ate down there. And, uh, you know, eating it outside under the sun, you know, or at night, you know, under the moonlight. I mean, it's kind of an outside eating food. Uh, yeah. And it's just it's just fun. It's fun to make, fun to cook, fun to eat, fun to serve, you know. Calbee ribs are just, they're, they're definitely in my top three favorite things to eat and favorite things to make for sure. 
Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about certified Piedmontese. Did you know that just 1% of all cattle raised in the U.S. is Piedmontese? Or that this red meat is so healthy that it's similar in micronutrients to Atlantic salmon and chicken breast? Rare, healthy, and most importantly, delicious. That's a trio that just can't be beat. I'm so confident that you'll get hooked on certified Piedmontese beef like I did that I want to help you try it. When you visit Piedmontese.com and use my promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, you'll receive 25% off your order. That's 25% off steaks, burgers, brats, sausages, and even bacon. Yeah, I said it. Beef bacon. It'll change your life. Use my promo code to score a great deal and experience why certified Piedmontese is such a big deal today. And now, back to my guest. So real quick, I just want to shout out, you mentioned the restaurant in Bellevue, Ono Panay Kitchen mm-hmm. is, is the name of it. Ono Panay. And yes. secondly, I just love hearing the inspiration behind, the, like, what you serve is what you love to eat. It's right. your experiences. It's your memories of, I had these, you know, you remember the specific burger shack in Hawaii. You remember the specific experience of just going off the side of the road and getting a styrofoam container full of short ribs, like... That inspiration and just having that meal and just being like, I want to learn about this. I want to recreate this. I want to share this with other yeah. people. That That's such a I, – I don't even know what I'm asking really. Like that's, that's just oh, yeah. such a cool thing to be so inspired by a plate of food that you're like, I want to know this food and share it with other people. Yeah, I don't know what it is about it either. You know, I, I it, yeah, just – when you eat something great and you just like, man, I want every, yeah, it's just that you want everybody to try it and want everybody to, to eat it and love it the way you love it for some reason. I don't know. Maybe people won't, but I'm like, <laughs> yo, I love it. So I'm going to cook it and I'll eat it if nobody else wants it. But I think, you know, I try to tap into my business mindset a little bit with, with the Calbee and just be like, Hey, you know, people will like that and mm-hmm. it, you can't really find it around here. So let's do it. And people have loved it, I think. And, and, uh, you know, I'm, 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 Steady, just trying to make them even better every weekend, you know, every aspect of the plate, you know, and the mac salad, the rice, the punset. I mean, that's just things you'll find on a, on a Hawaiian style barbecue plate in Hawaii, everywhere you go. And I have to say the punset was inspired, you know, inspirations. I mean, you know, anybody who's done anything great, I feel like, you know, it's just recreating things that they've been inspired from, you know, for other people. And, uh, you know, Ono Pene Kitchen, they had Ponset on their Hawaiian barbecue plates. And I was just like, Ponset is awesome, man. And I had a I had a babysitter who made it for us as a, and we were little kids. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to put Ponset on my plate too to make a little ode to them, a little ode to her. And, uh, you know, I'm never trying to rip nobody off, obviously, with what I'm doing. Right, but it's right. just, it's just, man. I You're get paying ins- homage. Yeah, paying homage, you know. And, and obviously, I would never do something the same way somebody else would do it. But, man, you know, hey, how can I not put that deliciousness on my plate too. You know what I mean? So, and you know, Bellevue and Omaha or Bellevue and downtown are far away. So, Hey, exactly. Let's see. You know, yeah, there's not a whole lot of overlap in those crowds probably. No. Yeah. How'd you get in, into cooking originally, Nick? Well, oh man, thank you for asking that. Cause I know uh, I, it's always been in, in a passion of mine. I grew up, my mom was an amazing cook. My grandmother owned a restaurant. My, my dad was an amazing cook. Uh, when we would go visit him and you know, me and my brothers and sisters, we just, we always loved food. We were always watching the Food Network, helping mom in the kitchen, cooking stuff. And uh, I, I've worked in restaurants since I was 16. First job at Famous Dave's. Shout out Damus Faves uh, <laughs> and all my Damus favors. Uh, but, you know, 
I just love food, man. And, you know, I started working in restaurants 16, a host, eventually was a server, bartender, then did, started doing a little prep cooking. And then I was just kind of a bartender for a while. And, uh, you know, I was kind of mid-20s trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, you know, in terms of my career and everything. Always been passionate about food. But, you know, thought about things like uh, physical, thera- uh, physical therapists um, or, you know, something in that field. But, you know, I honestly, <laughs> and people probably sound, maybe this sounds a little cliche or whatever, cheesy, whatever. But honestly, I got incredibly inspired by the movie Chef mm. when I saw it. John Favreau. Yes, man. And it, when Great it, movie. When it came out, I just, I watched it and I was like, that, I could do that. I, I want to do that. I want to. I've always wanted to, I've always kind of had a bit of a, maybe an entrepreneurial mindset. I've always kind of wanted to be my own boss. In high school, I was uh, heavily involved in business and DECA. And man, I just, when I saw that movie, I was just like, I want to run a food truck. I could do that. I could be my own boss. I could, I could get up and and get this stuff done and sell food to people. And so, man, that's, that's what really inspired me to sign up for culinary school at Metro and really try to get a job as a, as a cook chef somewhere, cook somewhere. And you know, I started, I started culinary school and I, I was in culinary school for maybe six months and was just trying to get a, a job at a, at a place I loved and a place I believed in. I didn't want to just get a job anywhere. I really wanted to work at a place that I love the food. And I mean, I, I, shortly after I started culinary school, I discovered Block 16 as well. And just randomly, I went downtown to see M's Pub after M's Pub had blown up because I was out of town when it happened. And I wanted to see the icicles hanging off the building. And I was down there looking at it and I was like, man, where's a good spot to eat? Googled block 16 came up and I loved it. And, you know, so then when I got into culinary school, I was like, man, I want to work there. Pursued them on Facebook. And after about three months of waiting to, you know, Jess hit me back and she said, we don't have a position for you right now. But three months later, she asked if I wanted to work there and boom, I started working at block 16 and man, I, I, I can't give Paul and Jess enough credit for how much they helped me grow in a short time as a, as a cook, as a chef, as a entrepreneur, as, as somebody who, can just do this. And now that I'm, now I'm back at block 16 after a couple of years being away and, and man, I'm just learning even more from Paul and Jess and just picking their brain on every little thing I can. And yeah. So, you know, I started cooking at block 16 and just loved it. I love man, the crew we had there, the, the restaurant they've built. It's just, I can't say enough good things to Paul, about Paul and Jess. They're the best people ever. The restaurant is the greatest ever. They, they've built a great thing. And I just, they, I got into their restaurant, started working there and inspired me even more man i want what they've built i want to live the lifestyle that they live it's so cool um yeah you know so it's just i have you know and i don't want people to think I've, I've been in this game cooking forever i've only really been doing it seriously for six years now uh cooking side i've always been in restaurants but man i just i try to absorb as much as i can everywhere i've gone i haven't been that many places too i don't want people to think oh this guy think he knows everything i don't know nothing i'm still <laughs> learning a lot man but I, I keep my mind open or I try to, and I try to absorb everything I can and ask a million questions and, you know, hit, just watch and learn everything I can from every chef I can, you know, everybody I've worked with. So first I want to echo, echo your sentiments. Block 16 is incredible. And as great as the food is, Jess and Paul Urban are even better people. They're fantastic friends. I, like you can't find anyone to say a bad who will say a bad thing about either one. And of if them, they do, is, they're liars and don't listen to them. And, and, and there's going to be a crowd of people who are going to be l- looking for that person to no. give them a piece of their mind. I know. Right. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I, I, I just, I love your attitude there. You kept saying like, 
hey, I don't know everything. I'm a sponge. I'm trying to soak everything up. How important is that mindset as a young cook to not come in and and say, yeah, you know what? I got this figured out. I know what I want to do. But to say, no, I'm, I'm constantly learning. I, I can learn so much from, from Jess and Paul and Block 16, but not just those guys. Maybe the person who's working next to me oh, on yeah. the line from – Another person who you know operates at Dandelion um, one week, maybe I can see how their process works. How important has that been for you to just have that open mindset to take everything in and say, I don't know. I have skills. I know what I'm doing, but I don't know everything I want to learn. Right. No, it's been, I mean, it's huge. You know, and I recognize that in this game, in my industry. I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, think, that get a big head, they get the big ego, you know, because you might have had some success here and there at pop up or whatever you've done. Uh, but man, I just, I, I, I give credit to my mom, you know, just staying humble always, you know, you might be good at stuff, but Hey, there's somebody out there that's probably better. And so there's always something you could learn from somebody else. So, you know, you're never, the job's never done. You're never, nobody's ever perfect. Just keep trying to improve. And yeah, I mean, the things that I've learned, like I said, yeah, from when I started at Block 16, tons. I learned tons from Paul and Jess, but just from the guys working next to me on the line, Joey uh, on Expo, Jackson on the grill, just little things. Hey, you know, I, I smile when I think about it because, man, so many lessons learned in such great ways. And, like, it's, 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 I mean, I, if, if I could attribute anything to my success, it's, it's, yeah, success. My, <laughs> my trajectory, I suppose, it's just the people that have helped me and the people that I've learned from. And, yeah, I mean, and it's it can be hard in this game to kind of, for some people to keep that humble mindset. You know, you start to get a big head when people say, oh, you know, like I could have got a, probably a big head at the burger battle. I had so many awesome, nice people coming to me and telling me that your burger should have won. We voted first place for you, man. And I was just like, dang, man, that's so awesome to hear. But I'm just like, I'm just a dweeb who's just trying to make some good food. I'm, I don't know nothing. But, you know, I, I, I keep that humble mindset. And I think that, you know, it's only, it's, it's only going to help you grow. You know, you start getting a closed mind and saying that, you know, everything you're just going to get stuck in a position. I've seen, I've seen guys be in that position and I just, man, I, I, I never would want to be like that. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I, Paul said a great thing once at block 16 too, you know, people, I started, I was in culinary school and I was probably one of the only ones at block at the time in culinary school enrolled at the time. And a lot of people like to, poo-poo on culinary school and say that you don't need it. It's, you don't learn nothing in culinary school. Well, I beg to differ. You can learn lots of things from anywhere. If you apply yourself, you know, go to culinary school and pay attention and ask questions and apply yourself and you'll become a better cook. These guys, you know, these big ego guys that kind of say, Oh, you don't need that. Or it's like, why not? You know, Paul told me once uh, that, Hey, you could go get a job at McDonald's. And I bet you, if you apply yourself, you'll learn a lot there'll be people there that'll have stuff to teach you if you apply yourself. And I'm just like, yeah, man, go, I, I bet five bucks. If I went, you know, I guarantee if I went to, you know, anywhere you could just, if you apply yourself, you'll learn. And so, you know, I'm just trying to grow as a chef and you don't grow without just keeping an open mind and open ear and open eyes and, you know, learning. So I never will have it figured out. (laughs) It's my (laughs) mindset. And I hope that's what 
makes my stuff good. I think that applies to just everyone in life. No one really has it figured out. Right. But if, as long as you have an open mindset and you're constantly learning, you're getting better. Yeah. Now, I was excited for this conversation coming in. But when I when we met in the parking lot and shook hands, I got really excited because you are wearing a Dragon Ball Z shirt oh, yeah, right baby. now. And that plays <laughs> into the next question I want to ask. Hey. Is it in your first stint at Block 16, you, you've been working there for a little bit. And that's when you got to operate your first pop-up. It was a ticketed event in 2018 inspired by the cartoon Dragon Ball Z. It was called the Goku Feast. Just take me into that story. Where did the idea for the pop-up come from? Where did that theme come from? Like, how did that night go? Just kind of tell me the story behind that. Well, yeah. Uh, Well, story is this, man. Um, One of my good friends, probably, I'd honestly say he's the best cook I've ever worked with, Jackson Wendell, my man uh, at Block. He he was the man at Block when I started there. He's still the man. He's just, he kind of left the industry, which is cool. We miss you, Jackson. But me and Jackson are just a bunch of nerds together. We talked, we would talk Dragon Ball Z and video games and stuff on the line at work. Movies, quote, movies make people, make each other laugh. A lot of Austin Powers quotes. But no, we, we, we hung out all the time. We played Dragon Ball Fighter Z, which is a PlayStation video game, Dragon Ball Z. We watched the show a lot. We Just a bunch of anime nerds a little bit, Dragon Ball Z nerds. And uh, one day, Jackson was just like, man, I was like, we should make, me and him both. I won't say who, I can't even remember who came up with the actual idea, but we were just like, what if we did a pop-up where like, the way Goku eats after he trains, if you've ever watched the show, Goku trains to beat whoever's going to destroy Earth. And afterwards, he's hungry. And the guy eats, like, he's got plates and bowls and stacked up. And I was just like, Jackson, it would be cool if we could, like, serve a Goku plate to people where you, they had a bowl of ramen. Because he's always got noodles. He's slurping up noodles. He's eating chicken off the bone. So I was like, what if we had, like, a platter where it's like, we got a bowl of ramen. We got some bao buns, steam baos. We got some chicken fried or maybe uh, grilled chicken. We got some Calbee ribs. We did the Calbee steak ribs on that plate. And just having this big smorgasbord of food so people sit down and they just (laughs) the way Goku does in the show. And, you know, Paul and Jess being the amazing people they are, we came with them the idea and it's like, wasn't even a thought. They were like, absolutely, let's do it. Now, I bet Paul after the two weeks of us preparing for that was like, man, that was a nightmare because it was just scrambling to get all, to, to do a plate like a platter like that with all those different things on one and to have them all hot and ready at the same time out of a restaurant. We don't cook ramen at block. Usually it's just, it was uh, it was a challenge, but uh, man, it was a lot of uh, work and a lot of fun when we executed it. And uh, it was amazing. It was just, it was really cool to just do my own thing. Um, me and Jackson just, you know, Paul, obviously he helped us, but he didn't help us that much. He kind of told us in the beginning, guys, this is your thing. He's like, I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll pay for the, whatever you guys need for the pop-up, but this is yours to plan, to prep, to get guys help you with it that night. I mean, it was a, it was a challenge and it was really tough, but I think it was a success. People loved it. We had Dragon Ball Z going on TVs. We had a bunch of Dragon Ball Z stuff all over block. Um, everybody was wearing a Dragon Ball Z t-shirt provided by me. Cause I have like 20 of them <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, we just had fun, man. And I, I, I want to definitely do the Goku feast number two. It was just such a challenge. You know, sometimes when you do these pop-ups, you just get, it's so, it's so challenging sometimes. And after it's done, you're just like, and you're just drained and you're just like, man, the next one we'll do it, but let's take a couple, <laughs> let's take some time. But no, that was such an amazing opportunity. That was my first time really doing my own pop-up. Paul and Jess gave me the opportunity and it, we, I think we killed it, man. And, and you know, it was great. 
people had fun and I look forward to doing the next one. And it just, it really kind of, it really made me think that pop-up really just made me think, man, I could do this. I could do this. Cause we, we just went in there and we did it, man. It was good. Jackson and me, we, it was a lot of fun. And I, I miss those days, Jax, come back. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a great thing. I hope we could do number two this winter. We'll see. Ooh. That'd be exciting. Give us something to look forward to. uh, Me and Paul, I've always talked about it the last four years. He's like, when are we going to do the next? I was like, hey, I still want to do it. So we might be doing the next Goku Feast. We'll see. Okay. We'll keep that on our calendar. Yeah. Keep it in your brain. (laughs) So in 2020, you became the head chef at a different restaurant. Um, Not there anymore. You're back at Block 16. But when, when along your timeline does the idea for fourth station come into your head. Like you mentioned this pop-up, you got a chance to do another pop-up at at Dandy Lion. But like, when is it like, Hey, I'm doing something really cool here at block 16. I've gotten experience as a head chef now in a different kitchen, but I want to do my thing. I want to start my concept. When when does that come into your head? Uh, what that really came in? Like, you know, when I, when I was actually transitioning from, my last job, um, back to block 16, uh, you know, Nick just came with me. Nick came to me with the opportunity. I, you know, he had told me that my four station pop up the last summer uh, during the Friday lunch at Dandelion was just a great success. And people really loved the food. And I was just like, wow, man. And, you know, I, I actually asked him, I was like, what do you think if I sold food out of that space at night? Um, and he was all for it. Uh, you know, he's always wanted to use the space for more than just Friday lunches. And, you know, it's just been an amazing opportunity, him giving me the opportunity to, to do that. And I mean, yeah, I guess the concept just came when, uh, you know, going back to block 16, but still wanting to try to do my own thing, uh, you know, and having the four station a little bit established, I was just like, let's do this late night. Let's do this late night game out of the, out of the Danny Lyons space. If Nick lets me, and I was kind of really nervous and kind of sheepish when I asked him, I was like, do you think you'd let me do it? And he was like, Hey, he was so gung ho for it. And it was, it was really amazing for him to be that supportive and to be behind me with it. And, uh, yeah, so we've just been doing it. I, you know, like I said, I, I, I also get a lot of inspiration from, you know, everybody around, but night owl is a huge inspiration for me in that they they're open late. They serve good food late. Like also Amsterdam used to be a a place that was like, man, open till 3am. But I, the last few years, it's just, I guess, you know, I don't, COVID things kind of got, people got away from being open super late. And, I, you know, I was just like, man, there's, there needs to be another late night option, late, late night for people who want food after the bars, you know, after midnight. Um, so, you know, coming to Nick with that idea, he was all for it. And I was just like, man, we'll just, we'll serve some burgers and some Hawaiian style barbecue plates and we'll just provide another option late night to people. And yeah, I mean, I guess the concept just came from me myself living downtown and just not having enough options to eat late at night and wanting to be one, knowing I could, uh, knowing I could do it. And so, yeah, having the opportunity from Nick here, here I am doing it, trying, trying to make it work. So, uh-huh. Yeah. Now I, I want this question to be as open-ended as possible and you can take it in any direction that you want, but I just, I don't think people understand, have any understanding the process behind a pop-up and how difficult it is to set up. And I include myself in that. Like I, I have a little bit behind the scenes, but I've never operated my own pop-up. I don't know what's going on. So like, I mean, just a couple of things off the top of my head, like you have to create a menu, you have to determine how much food to order. You have to 
create a temporary kitchen. You have to generate all kinds of buzz on social media to make sure people show up. And this is all before actually serving right and like getting used to this new kitchen and then serving people once they show up so whatever direction you want to take this in like what is the preparation process in setting up pop-up event yeah yeah it is well i will say this like you know and not trying to pump myself up as some tough guy but man the pop-up game is not for the faint of heart it's really not and i you know i i drew a lot of inspiration from for the pop-up game from uh, a lot of people around town I see do it, that was killing the pop-up game. Uh, for example, the brothers Atkinson, you know, uh, I don't know them that well. I've met some of them in passing, but uh, the young, the youngest one, I believe with Moots, Colin with Colin, Moots, yeah. Moots and, and I mean, his brother doing the brisket sandwiches. I just saw him at a wedding recently, but man, it, he had an awesome social media game was serving these brisket sandwiches. And uh, you know, then Kane, Kane had a pop-up at block 16. You know, I, I, I was like, well, let me try my hand at it. But, man, it is not for the faint of heart. And I will just say to anybody, you know, who goes to support a pop-up, you know, you're really supporting somebody's hard work because, yeah, I mean, storing the food, keeping it cold. A lot of us pop-up people don't really have a kitchen that, you know, sure, we have kitchens that we can, that your restaurant owners, hey, you can prep out of my kitchen. Sure, But it's still, you're still hauling everything in, keeping it cold, cleaning everything. It's just... I could go on and on. There's so much to it behind the scenes that people don't see. And it's work. I mean, it is work, work. Uh, you know, I, I, I like start thinking about it. It's almost like not making me stress, but it's just, I could just go on and on how, of how tough the pop-up game is. I mean, coming into another person's restaurant, hauling all your stuff, uh, making sure you're, you're not violating health guidelines, keeping things cold, keeping hot things hot. It's a challenge. It's a real challenge. And, you know, people just, I I think people, I think people sometimes think it might be a little easier than it is. And they just don't see that extra, all that extra work that, I mean, owning a restaurant in a brick and mortar spot, it's, it's a ton of extra work behind the scenes, but a pop-up game, in my opinion, it's just, it's, it's even more because you're just, uh, you're hauling in and out. It's like, it's like I'm, I'm building a restaurant and then I'm taking it down every weekend and then trying to find a place to store all the food, you know, without getting in other restaurants way, it, man, it's like, I, I'm a lot of lost for words of how tough it could be. Cause it's been tough, but you know, it's very rewarding when, when it goes well, when you serve something and you're proud of it and people love it, it, it it's, it's, it's the most rewarding feeling. And I, it's just, but man, it, 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 it can definitely be a challenge. I, I, I'm trying to find the, where I'm going with this answer, but it's just, I, I can just, I'm shouting out to all my pop-up people out there. They know how tough it is. And I, I, I give kudos to anybody who tries it because it's, it's a little different than just doing a regular restaurant in a, in a spot that you're used to. It's a challenge. What do you think is the most important thing that you've learned since doing that first Fort Station pop-up at Dandelion until now? Oh, um, man, just... Managing my time, not being, you know, I, I think a lot of cooks are, we're a bit of procrastinators. We can be generally lazy. Uh, we can kind of wait till the last second to do things. But I mean, when it, when you're the guy, and I mean, I learned this when I was running the kitchen, but when you're the guy, it's on you and you have to go, go, go. No excuses. Um, 
I think the biggest thing I've learned is that, yeah, I mean, that it's, that it's all on me and this thing will, will, will succeed or fail on my shoulders. And, you know, people can, I, th- I could, you know, be one of those people that puts blame on other things, but no, you know, you want this thing to be successful. You got to put the work in and, um, just learning that even more than running my own kitchen at somebody else's restaurant or whatever, running your own, trying to run your own business is just, it's nonstop work. You know, it's really nonstop work. And so I guess I've learned just, just to be tough in that, just to be tough. And, you know, when, 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 when my mind is saying, Oh, I don't want to do this, man. This is, I just want a second to sit down on my couch and relax. No, I gotta, I gotta finish writing my menu up on my menu board. I gotta, I got to freeze this, this food. So it doesn't go, you know, all those little things. It's just, I, I guess that's what I've learned is just to, to be tougher, I guess. Um, there's so many things I guess I could say to, uh, that I've learned, but because it's like every two seconds I'm learning something else um, when I'm doing the game, but yeah, man, just, just, just be tough. It's been very discouraging at times. So, you know, but, I, but then I think to all the other restaurant owners that I'm just like, man, what, Paul and Jess going through, what is Nick going through at over easy? Be tough. You know, they're doing it. You can too. Um, I guess that's, that's, I guess that's what I could say. I've learned, uh, just gotta be the guy. Mm-hmm. It ain't easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I want to take this moment to give a specific shout out to Nick Bartholomew because you brought up his name several times, but I think it, it just, it deserves recognizing like he's in, Paul and Jess have been huge in helping you get off the ground too, but Nick has kind of been the guy who's given you a bunch of opportunities. You've Absolutely. done multiple lunches yeah. at Dandelion, including your first one. You did another pop-up at Over Easy, I think. Uh, yeah, drive through. Yeah, that was uh, back before Thanksgiving in yep. 2021, I believe. And now you're doing the late-night thing at Dandelion. How important is it for a pop-up or, or a young concept to have just such a strong supporter like Nick behind it, someone to kind of champion it and push it forward. It's huge, man. It's so huge. Like, and you know, Nick's a busy guy. So, you know, oh, he, yeah. he, he's done a lot for me. Um, but you know, he's got, he's got a lot going on himself. So the amount of effort that he does uh, give toward, I'm like, I'm like blown away and so grateful that, you know, that even though he's given me this opportunity, you know, I'm, I, I want my, I wanted to, I want to do my own thing one day. I want to have my own truck, maybe my own spot one day. Um, but you know, I, as a young budding chef guy, you know, I needed a, I needed an opportunity to, to do it. And man, him providing that opportunity is, has just been amazing, you know, and I, I'm, I'm trying to make him proud. I'm trying to make the best I can out of this opportunity and I'm working hard to do that. And it's a challenge, but man, no, I can't say enough good things about Nick. He's a great dude to know. Um, he just, he's supportive. He, he, he's told me what I need to hear at times too. You know, he's, he's, you know, told me things that maybe I've been like, I don't want to hear, but he, he, you know, he'll, he'll tell me what I need to hear. And, and, uh, man, yeah, I mean, he, he's such a great, such a great dude for just helping people like me get their, get their start, you know, and, and who knows where it goes next, but I'll always be grateful having this opportunity, uh, to try to make something for myself, you know, I, that's what it's all about. You know, it's, it's like it, what Danny Lyon stands for. Collaboration is better than competition. It creates more. And man, if I could have a little niche in this city, all kudos to Nick, you know, if, if I can create it one day and, and have it be my own thing, man, it'll be like, yo, you helped me get there, dog. And I'll always be grateful for that. And, you know, it, you'll, you'll have a plaque on my wall. His, his face. <laughs> nah, nah, he, 
No, but it, it's been really cool, and I, I can't thank him enough, you know, for, for the opportunity. It's been great. All right, you mentioned the Omaha Burger Battle earlier, so I want to get into that real quick. That was an event that happened uh, May 28th, 2022 at Stinson Park down in Exarbon. There were six burger purveyors that basically created a slider version of their burger and then served it to hundreds of customers, and then customers voted on their favorites, and at the end of the day, a a burger champion was crowned. Oh, yeah. What do you remember about that day? Like, what sticks out? Because even that, an event like that is different than what you typically do at a pop-up. So, like, what do you remember most about that day? Yeah, well, you know... Uh, boy, yeah, I just, I knew I was going to be, I knew I was going to be busy. I, I had actually a guy who was going to help me that day, but he had another thing going on. He ended up coming halfway through the day being over, but I was literally by myself through that burger pop-up. So I just knew that for people, for me to cook a delicious burger and get it out to people, I needed to have myself set up perfectly. And that's, that's something I learned from Paul, going back to Paul and Jess. I learned that from them. They have, it's like the busiest restaurant ever at Block 16, but we crank the food out so fast because of the way we have the line set up. Everything is in its perfect spot. And so I don't, you know, showing up to the burger battle and knowing I was going to be by myself, I was just like, let me just set myself up for success. Everything's in its right spot. Everything's filled up. Everything's ready to be refilled. Um, and, you know, I just was like, hey, hopefully nothing goes wrong. Hopefully, you know, my, grill stays hot. And yeah, it was, uh, I was up, I was up really early that morning, actually getting, getting burgers ready, uh, you know, working a job and doing my own pop-up. It's just, uh, sometimes you're prepping till the very last minute. And that morning was kind of one of those days. And thank God my homie, shout out again to my homie, Chris, he just helped me. He was literally up in the morning with me, 6am helping me finish the last of my burgers, patties I needed to make. And, uh, then he went to his other job for a few hours and came back to the burger battle in the hot sun and just threw on an apron and started helping me crank more burgers out. So, um, but it was such a cool opportunity, another great opportunity. You know, I just, I reached out to them and said, Hey, I'm just a guy who's got a burger. I I hope people would like, can I, can I come serve it? And they got back to me and said, of course, you know, just really cool. Gave me the opportunity to, to be out there. And, uh, yeah, it was so much fun. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. I was dying by the end of the day. <laughs> it was just, a hot day. So drained, man. It just, you know, my glasses were foggy and I had grease in my in every pore. And uh, but man, I, I had a I had a lot of fun and everything went so smooth and people really loved the burgers and I was just I was really 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 happy about that event even though I didn't win. Bummer. But <laughs> I was just super happy that uh, it went the way it went and it was a lot of fun. I I I hope I get to do it next year. To be honest, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm. I'm really interested in just the idea of getting your name out there as a young pop-up and a young concept. Like you mentioned how hard this event was on you from just getting into it originally. Like you were pretty late addition to the, to the roster of uh, concepts that were going to be there to you're still working at block 16. Like this is not your full-time job. You're still working a job to you're up, you know, super uh, I was going to say super late, but super early in the morning making these burgers. Then you're serving them by yourself for half the time. You're sweating like crazy. Like, I saw you. You were working your ass off, man. Like, <laughs> Thanks, that man. was really impressive. Thank but you. as a young concept, that's the kind of grind that you have to have because you got your name out in front of, I don't remember exactly. I want to say it was 200 or 300, 
250 or 300 people that were ticketed allowed into that. Like those are people who might have never been introduced to the fourth station if they'd not encountered your burger there. Right. And once they see it there, they might say, okay, I want to follow this on Instagram or what is this fourth station thing? This burger is awesome. Like how important is it to just have that grind mentality when you have a young concept that, yeah, this is going to suck in the moment. I totally get that, but I have to push through. If I want to achieve my goal, I have to do this in the moment. No, yeah, it's it's hugely important, especially right now because you know I'm kind of I'm doing more or less everything by myself. It's tough to have the time to find the time to 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 push on social media to to market myself to to get my name out there myself. You know, I'm focusing on making getting ready, get my food ready to be able to serve on Fridays and Saturday. And you know, when you're wanting to make everything from scratch like I do, and just make everything delicious like I do want to. Social media marketing is, I'm like, I got to have the food first and then the marketing comes second. So having an opportunity like that to, to show up and have people just see me and see my menu board and see my burger and eat it, it, it was amazing. And, and yeah, like having the, that, that grind mentality is just like, you know, when I was done cooking, I was like, man, now I got to clean my greasy hands off and grab my phone my sweaty hands actually underneath the gloves, like, and grab my phone and start, mar- and you know, start pushing, pick, you know, but when you're cooking by yourself, I can't just grab a phone and take a picture real quick, you know? So it's, it's really tough. And, you know, that's the grind mentality you need to have. You might be done cooking, but Hey, there's like an hour of work of marketing that I need to do to get my name out there. And, you know, that stuff should come, honestly, it should, I should be doing that before the event too. But like I said, it's just, it can be tough, you know, to get to that, to get to that, point where you can push yourself out there when you know 90 percent of your time i'm making the food i'm trying to get the food ready and get the food delicious and i know that you know in, in today in 2022 it's 50 percent of your business i mean it's going to come off of how you market yourself if you're on social media if i'm making tiktoks i ain't on tiktok yet but it seems like i might have to be <laughs> me neither brother you know? <laughs> I, I, I haven't gotten into that it's well, too much for me we can start making videos together you oh, know? Nice. <laughs> fair enough fair enough <laughs> well i'll get some invite from my sister-in-law she's good but no you know it's uh yeah man just having that grind mentality is it's it's you gotta have it in this pop-up game if you don't you don't you ain't have a pop-up game because it's grind it's a grind mm-hmm. that is the word for it for sure um but yeah you know being out there was was an amazing thing to just get my name out there without having to tap on my phone for 30 minutes, you know, because uh-huh. <laughs> it's tough, you know, also as a cook, you know, you're like, uh, it's hard to like take a second to, to, even though I have as important as it, is, as it is to do that stuff when you're like, okay, I, but in that time I can get this, this, and this done, then I can grab my phone and do all that stuff. So it's, it's a challenge and um, man, the grind mentality needs to be there. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But you have started to make a name between social media, between the events that you've done, like the fourth station has a lot greater recognition now than it does six months ago, like a pretty quantum leap, I would say. How have you kind of seen the way that people approach the fourth station change, especially, you know, maybe it's a Friday night and maybe, you know, when you started doing this thing, people kind of wander up to Dandelion and they're like, what is this thing to now? Do you have people who are coming up and they're like, they're like seeking out. It's like, it's Friday night. I just had some drinks. I need a big kahuna burger. Like, are you seeing that now? Starting to. And yeah, it's been really, really friggin' cool to have like regular customers and people who like actually like my food. Shout out to Scott and Kelly. They're the best downtown. Uh, They live downtown. They've come by a bunch. They've brought friends. They've been so nice. And 
yeah, it's 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 cool to start it. It's it's been a slow growth for sure, but you know, it's cool to see it keep slowly growing. And you know, every week I'm get I get more followers. I get you know people come asking me questions on social media about the food and when am I going to be open and stuff. But yeah, and seeing regular customers, uh, people around the neighborhood, uh, there Thirteenth and Howard, it's it's really cool to see. And that's what I want. You know, I I I love a place that's open late at night that people come back to a lot. You know, and I I know them by their names. You know, I I. I drew another a lot of inspiration from a Netflix show called Midnight Diner. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's it's based off of a Japanese manga, and it's a one chef, and he's he has his restaurant open uh, from midnight till seven a.m. and he just has it's just it's just kind of cool show. People come in, they get the food. He knows them, they know him, and uh, that's something I want to create. I want to create like a community aspect. Late night, people who are into you know video games and being weirdos and just being having fun, you know, and just, uh, so it's really cool to see the neighborhood come out and people support me and see familiar faces and, uh, just kind of see how the force station will change and has changed and and grow. And, uh, who knows what it's going to end up as, uh, if I have a truck, if I keep, you know, if I could just keep doing pop-ups all over the place, but I definitely, you know, I, I heard a quote recently. It's like, um, what you stand for is more important than what you sell. And that's something I try to keep a mindset of is like, hey, I stand for just like having a good time, coming out here and cool music, you know, grab a 64 controller and play a game, have a burger, you know, have some midnight fries, just have fun. You know, it's what life's about. Food is life and it brings people together. And I think just, yeah, I just want to just be a positive environment for people to come and just enjoy themselves. You definitely are. I mean, uh, in the <laughs> limited conversations I've had with you from seeing you at the burger battle, from seeing you down at Dandelion, and even in just in this last hour, you radiate positivity, you radiate excitement. But most importantly, I think you radiate passion. Like, this is one of those where I wish this was a video podcast because the way that you talk about food, the way that you move your hands, the way that your eyes light up, you care so much about this. You don't just say food is life. That's something that's going to be on your tombstone one day. And I don't mean that in like a morbid way, but like a, like that, it, it, it is so cool to see. And I'm just so Thanks, grateful man. that you took the opportunity to, to come on this podcast today and talk about it. Thank you so much, Nick, for, for giving us the time. Man, thank you, Dan. Like I said, I, I'm a big podcast guy. So this is, this is huge for me to just talk into a microphone and be here. And I appreciate everything you said, man. That's really, I really appreciate the opportunity. And, and yeah, man. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Of course. The, the pleasure has been all mine. Again, everyone, Instagram, and you said Facebook too right now. No, I got a Facebook. Facebook has changed since I left Facebook. So I'm working on the Facebook game a little more. But yeah, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook the, at The Force Station. So for some reason, Facebook doesn't give me the ability to say at. But whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like you, you're not eligible for a username. I don't know. Somebody help me out with the Facebook game. Weird. <laughs> but on Instagram, it is T-H-E, the numeral four, T-H... S-T-A-T-I-O-N. So just, Correct. Yeah, so yes, so sir. everybody knows it for sure. I want everyone to get out and follow. Get on this guy. Get his food. You're going to enjoy it. And Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. Thanks, Dan. A Huda Media Production.